This is episode 30 of Spiritual AF with Pixie Rose, the podcast for people going on their spiritual journey, knowing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to share with you something I'm really excited about. Beauty by BB Skincare Range. It is all vegan, all made from recycled materials and can be recycled. It is completely free from toxins and it works. It is so beautiful. So if you're interested in trying out this beautiful range, Beauty by BB, check out my link in the show notes. You can order this whole range and it will be posted directly to you and I know you're going to love it. Crystal Hill is a soul leadership coach, international tantra teacher and best-selling author. She guides conscious leaders, professionals and lightworkers to embody their soul essence claim their life force and realize their vision so they can birth their next version of their multidimensional self by raising their frequency, creating more meaningful connections, deeper intimacy and greater financial abundance from a place of embodied sovereignty, joy and grace. Welcome Crystal to Spiritual AF. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Pixie. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So I always, I love to share how I, I've connected with people and come across your work. So it was quite a few years ago, like I think, yeah, like four years ago that I received a psychic or a goddess reading from you at a local psychic expo. And then since then, I followed your work online and then booked into one of your tantric workshops, which was really transformational for Hayden and I in our relationship. We've shared a few things that we've learnt um, within that tantric workshop on a previous episode. And I mentioned that I'd love to have you on. So I'm so excited that we've been able to make this happen and share more of this amazing work that you're doing. Mm. So first, I would love to ask you about your story, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of how you got into doing this work that you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel the themes of of my life are very much moving from the wounded masculine into the divine feminine and then calling in that divine masculine to unify them together. Um, I grew up as a daughter of a minister and a church minister in Germany, and it was still a time where it was quite oppressive emotionally, like culturally, it was really focused on work, rebuilding after the war, there was massive guilt in the collective, and so what the, the values that were entrenched were you have to achieve something, make something of your life. There is a German saying, schaffer, schaffer, häusle, bauer, and it means work, work to build your home. That was their work, the, the ethos. And so for me, um, that became very much part of the wounded masculine because there's no joy in creating. It's like a have to. Um, and I linked the being loved with, with achieving. So I felt like I had to push myself to achieve certain things in order to be worthy of love. 
um, that that became really one of the core beliefs that I had. Um, I took that with me. I kind of left Germany when I was 20, moved to England for 10 years or 12, 11 um, to study theater and was working as a theater director. But that, that core kind of tension inside that I have to be good and I have to do this was always very present. And then I started doing a lot of spiritual work, um, opened my intuition and got the message that I needed to move to Australia. And so I, I even had a dream around that. And so I moved to Australia and I felt there was a, a new level of freedom that I hadn't experienced before, simply because the country is just so big. The horizons are so like there's, there's, a, there's a spaciousness that you just don't have in, in Europe. Um, and that really helped me to open up this contraction within myself to come drop into this more spaciousness within my soul, within my heart. Um, and through one thing and another, I started doing life, learning life coaching. I became a, a life coach and then really started specializing on the divine feminine work, working with women who had similar patterns and programming to assist them to releasing this control and to dropping more into the feminine aspects of themselves and that divine feminine essence that for me is yeah, is, is a more relaxed way of being more spacious and more of a co-creation with the divine. Um, and so that was my personal journey. And that was the journey that I then took my clients through to then realizing that I'd actually in this divine feminine way, I'd often been out of my body. I still didn't feel safe to be in my body, to embody this way. And so then I realized I really need to activate the divine masculine within so that my divine feminine feels safe to be right here, right now. Um, that was a beautiful journey in itself. And then I came across Tantra. You know, I feel that Tantra has been part of many, many of my lifetimes. And Tantra is all about the embodiment of our essence and so that really helped me to then feel safe in my body activate my life force in a way that yeah i expanded my energy fields so i could be here right here right now and so then over time i thought really this should become an offering that i do so i started i trained as a tantra teacher and um, then created a beautiful temple spaces um, for for tantric practices to to be expressed and experienced by the community. Yeah, amazing. That's, yeah, that's so much incredible. What an incredible journey. And one thing I find interesting is where people find themselves in living. So that's amazing that you felt this huge calling to move to Australia. And I just, I just find that mind-blowing considering I've sort of lived around the same area my whole life. I'd, I'd love to journey further. So within that divine feminine, how do we embody the feminine? It's sort of something that I've really been actively working on this last year. And even in that tantric workshop I did with you, it was, it felt very obvious that I don't know if I was, if it was my wounded masculine, I haven't really come across that if maybe you could explain that a bit more of the wounded masculine and then how do we embody the feminine? Mm, absolutely. So, so for me, the wounded masculine is really embodied in patriarchy. It's control. It's manipulation. It's 
it's it's putting down it's aggression it's power over it's needing to assert yourself at the expense of somebody else it's all the things that we do in order to get validation um outwardly and then the wounded mask the wounded feminine of course is there as well so the wounded feminine is is anything that we do internally she's the victim she's the martyr she's the um the nagger she's the passive manipulator um whereas the the wounded masculine is the aggressive you know controlling outward expression of of the inner wounding both of them are wounded both of them feel that they are, they are not worthy of being loved and one becomes the aggressor and one the other becomes the victim so one becomes the perpetrator and the other becomes the victim and then of course there is the rescuer as well in this power triangle of the um the wounded archetypes um the rescuer also doesn't feel worthy but instead of being one or the other he, that that archetype wants to help and in doing so also disempowers the, the victim mm. um so they're they're all even though you know a lot of light workers are the rescuer a lot of light workers identify themselves as being the helper it's also a wounded archetype um because it comes out of that need to be worthy because we're helping others so we must be worth something but we with the rescuers dependent on that need to help others in order to get their self sense of self worth mm. um so so for me it the, the, the strongest one really was the wounded masculine but i had a lot of wounded feminine as well like we all have everything but it sort of seemed that these patterns of control and manipulating my way through life so that i could be seen like significance was most important for me rather than connection you know that's that's a really interesting thing as well if significance is more important it means that we are we need to be that significant in order to be feel worthy it's no longer that is no longer the case like i've really released that negative aspect of that so that the connection now is the most really the most important but to answer your question of how do we get from the wounded masculine into that divine feminine it's really by that journey from the head into the heart that journey of letting go of the constant evaluating judging reflecting criticizing ourselves and just letting all of that chatter go slowing down so that we can come into into the heart space in that heart space we can then feel the connection to our into our higher self connection to this expandedness that spaciousness and and the love you know that connection to self love and compassion which are the you know some of the qualities of the divine feminine and it's it's obvious but it's it, i feel like it needs to be said again is that this is nothing to do with gender you know the divine we all have the wounded masculine we all have the wounded feminine we all have the divine of both it's it's these are qualities or archetypal patterns rather than gender based things yeah definitely and and i can really see because i've done a couple of different tantric workshops and i can really see how tantra is such an important part of that healing healing that wounded masculine and feminine so would you be able to tell us for maybe anyone who hasn't looked into tantra i think sometimes tantra can have a bit of a stigma that it's you know all very sexualized whereas tantra's not just about sex obviously there's that aspect to it but could you talk a bit more about your tantric teachings and workshops and what what does it even mean 
Mm. There's so many definitions out there and you're absolutely right that a lot of it is in the Western world has become very sexualized, but really um, Tantra is a way of life. It's a, a life philosophy and the Sanskrit word means to weave. So it means that um, the tantric philosophy means that it weaves all aspects of life together, the emotional, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the sexual. And, and they, it understands that they all need to coexist in order to co-create life. I love the story that Shakti and Shiva, the God and you know, divine masculine, divine feminine, um, Shakti being the divine feminine, being pure power and energy, joining Shiva, pure consciousness, to, co to create the earth, to create humanity. And I really just love that in their love making, in the connection, the coming together of those two essences, the pure power and the pure consciousness, creating a world. So, so Tantra in that sense is about oneness. It's, it's what we're wanting to move in as a humanity at this time. We're wanting to move beyond duality, beyond right and wrong, beyond good and bad, beyond judgment, and coming into a place where everything is valid where the diversity really creates the greater whole, which, which I really love. So when I teach my children and they say, no, you're right and this is wrong, it's like, you're both right. They're just different perspectives serving different purposes. Um, so it, and it takes all the judgment away and it come, brings us into a place of also observing. When we accept all that is, we can observe our emotions, understanding that we are not our emotions. We are also spirit, and we can, but we can identify with the emotions or we can identify with the mental and certain belief and a certain thought. But then we understand that that is not just us. We are all things. And therefore, we can release these, the attachment to these sometimes dysfunctional patterns by coming back into a soul perspective and becoming the observer. So there's so much richness when we dive into tantric work. And of course, um, it's the embodiment practice because it celebrates the body, it celebrates life force, and it uses breath, sound, movement, visualization to embody as an embodied spiritual practice to, in a legitimate way, sexuality becoming a legitimate way to reach enlightenment, to reach oneness. Yes, I, I've loved looking into Tantra and it's something that I would absolutely love to always learn more about and study. It feels like something that you're kind of always learning. So you've mentioned a few, a few things. It's sort of Tantra embodies a few different of the, the senses and that sort of thing. Is there any practices that you could share with us today or any, anyone listening that might want to just start connecting to that oneness in maybe incorporating some tantric practices into their their rituals or their daily lives and their relationships anything like that so you want me to take you through a brief something if you'd like to yeah yeah oh, i could just describe one i i have a master class on my website that is free for anybody who wants to um listen to it and it it kind of goes more deeply into the the pillars of my work and then guide there's about a 40 no um a 20 minute guided journey that really connects into the embodiment and connects to spirit as well um but yeah i think it's easier to just briefly go through it so just uh, if you want to close your eyes if it is safe to do so at this point and just become aware of your body just feeling into 
your creative energy center, the, the sacral chakra, which is located in the womb space for the women or, you know, the sexual organs. And just being there. And if that feels uncomfortable, that's totally fine because we still have so much conditioning around sexuality as a, as a society. But maybe just going into the womb space or the etheric womb space if you're in a male body. Breathing into that space. And then gently beginning to circle the hips. Bringing all of your awareness and consciousness into this energy center. And feeling yourself just connecting here. And noticing what is present. There may be nothing present. Maybe because you're bringing your consciousness there, you are, it's activating something. Because as we know from quantum physics, wherever energy goes, attention flows, other way around. Wherever attention flows, energy goes. So what we're focusing on is coming into reality. It's, it's being expanded. And that's just what quantum physics says. I'm not going to explain it. I probably wouldn't be doing it justice. But just as a principle to know that that is so is really powerful. And I actually feel like we need to go into our feet. So just bringing your awareness into the life force in your feet. Because that ultimately is that grounding presence. It's that connection to the earth. We're just focusing on the life force in the feet, breathing your energy, your focus, and your attention into your feet. And feeling them beginning to expand in their life force energy. And then bringing that life force energy all the way up your legs, connecting that life force energy with the life force in your sacral chakra. And then like an energy ball, imagine that your breath can breathe it up into your heart space. And it can activate something in your heart. It can open your heart more powerfully. It can expand your heart. It can expand your love energy. Just by us imagining that we are moving our energy around the body and if you then bring sexual energy to this and then you're using the breath to move that sexual energy that life force energy through the body it can really heal any constriction it can release any constriction any numbness that we hold in any area in our body so if we're feeling we we're our power our power center is is weak or feeling we're like a victim, we can activate that life force energy in our sacred chakra and bring it into the solar plexus or bring it into the heart if we've been hurt, if we're feeling um, something is not right and we want to come back into our heart, this life force energy can really help us to get there. Or you can bring it into your throat to be able to speak from a place of compassion, to speak the truth to feel that you are worthy to speak your truth. Or into your third eye when you want to 
clear the veil of illusion and be able to see things as they truly are, as is in alignment with your truth. And just holding that energy then also in your crown chakra, if you're feeling you've been disconnected from the divine, disconnected from your higher guidance, you can call it in that center. And there's a big worthiness piece here as well, I feel. That's, that's sort of just dropping into my field. Am I worthy to really be all that I am? Am I worthy to really expand into the fullness of my connection to the divine? Am I worthy to really co-create? Um, and maybe we can, we can speak about that when we come back. So for now, just wrapping this very brief, very, very brief um, guidance around awareness and energy up. I just want you to feel into your body again, knowing that everything is perfect just the way it is and there is no right or wrong. How's your body feeling now? Are you feeling more sitting in your body, less in your mind, less out of body? Have you been able to really bring your spirit and your life force energy together in your body? And if not, just have that as an intention right now. And then taking a beautiful deep breath. And just letting that go and coming back into waking consciousness. Mm, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, it's embodiment is something that I've only just sort of discovered, I guess, and and I'm trying to learn more about, as, as I mentioned, I've definitely felt very much in my masculine energy and learning how to be in that feminine and embodying it has been, it's been an interesting challenge. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Do you find that there is a, a deep level of trust that you need to cultivate in order to allow yourself to drop into the feminine? Yes, 100%. And it was interesting how, from what I'm gathering, is you're, you're healing both your own wounded masculine and wounded feminine and embodying that divinity within them. Whereas I guess in a way I've felt, especially being in a relationship right now, I felt like part of that healing was needed to trust my partner more but everything's a mirror, right? So there's obviously a lack of trust within myself maybe that I need to surrender to. So, yeah, but I definitely believe that in order for the feminine to surrender into that energy, there, there needs to be so much trust in that. And, and, yeah, Hayden and I have been exploring more and more how to do that. Yeah, beautiful. It exactly as you're saying, you know, the external is always a reflection of the internal and and the lack of trust that I find, you know, also in my with my clients that women often have is because they don't feel fully in their power. They feel that there's an aspect that they need to be completed by the external, that they're not good alone. And so Tantra can teach us to activate the divine feminine, divine masculine within ourselves so that we are whole and complete before we then 
come into partnership and union with with another and yes in partnership we automatically take on one or the other polarity but they can switch as well you know it's it's incredibly exciting for you to be the masculine in the relationship when you're making love and for him to be the feminine and for him to have that experience what it feels like to to receive because the feminine is about receiving she is the vessel right and so it's almost like yeah we're creating a clear and pure vessel that we can then receive into and and that's the work we are the only thing that we're in charge of is to make sure our vessel is beautiful so it can receive the purest energy um, and then we of course need to feel worthy to have a pure vessel to create that pure vessel and then know that as within so without then the pure energy that we're receiving can come in and that can be in terms of you know deeper love deeper connection deeper love but also abundance on in, in any shape or form that ability to receive when we're is is one of the greatest um virtues of the of the divine feminine yeah and and if we can i'd love to expand even more on union i've received so many downloads over 2020 within that it, it, it feels like a lot of what we've been doing especially last year but over the last good couple of years or even the last decade or more is it feels like it's around healing that wounded feminine and it feels like the feminine is rising and what happens or the downloads that I've received around that is when the feminine rises into her power, that creates union. So I'd love to hear more if you've received any downloads around 2020, um, around this union that just that that's it just feels like such a power word to me uh, even before we got on this call i put on some jasmine oil and you know jasmine's the oil of union so yeah anything that you would like to expand about union or these lessons we've been receiving yeah i feel that we had especially the feminine has been so fragmented because she has so much power if she is in in her full power in her full union with herself that she couldn't be controlled you know if we're going into the narrative of, the, of how patriarchy came in prior to patriarchy there was the golden age of the goddess there was a matriarchal society the women were empowered sexuality was practiced in the temples as a pathway to enlightenment and then patriarchy came along and took that away and shamed the priestesses and shamed the women for these practices and so that then fragmented the feminine because she was no longer feeling whole because she could no longer do what she knew was was natural and was the pathway for her to be direct in direct connection to the divine patriarchy put the priesthood in as a as a as a as a gatekeeper so to speak so that humanity and societies could be more controlled um, and that created separation, created separation from the divine and therefore as within, so without, created separation from ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, what this whole past 
I don't, I don't want to put a name to it, a couple of decades, but particularly right now is all about is the feminine rising again, the feminine finding her power again, the feminine overcoming the wounding that has been created as part of all the persecutions and witch hunts and where we're not able to speak our truth because for fear of being, for fear of death. Um, so this is still very much within the psyche and the unconscious and the DNA and the cellular memory of so many women. And we all have to overcome that so that we can come into inner union with ourselves, into, into true alignment with our soul essence. And really that is the work that I'm so, so passionate about and help um, women in particular, you know, my clients to, to reclaim that. And just before we got on the call, I, I pulled a card which says, stay true and be in your power. Osiris and Isis, Lord and Lady of Divine Authority. And I feel like that is just so perfect for, you know, the, the subject of Tantra um, and, you know, what we're speaking of right now. Mm, yes. Yes, that's incredible. So on your, in your biography, on your website, you, you talk about a soul lineage of the ancient high priestesses. I'm so curious about that. If you'd love to share how you discovered this and, and what that means, it obviously is part of this work that you're continuing from past lives, but I'd love to hear more about that if, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So I, Discovering our soul lineage for me happens in increments. You know, there's like little snippets and little things kind of keep dropping in. Um, a pivotal piece to that was a book called The Lineage of the Code of Light by Jessie Ayani. And she speaks about the sisterhood of the sun, sun being, you know, sun consciousness, and how this sisterhood carries the codes of light of the divine feminine within them and passes it on. Um, so it's like the Sangreal, which is the Holy Grail, but it's actually the, it's not the blood, look Sangreal meaning like in French is blood, but it's actually the coding in our DNA. And so she talks about Isis, Mary Magdalene, um, Lilith, and a few other goddesses. And each time I read about these women, something activated within me. It's like soul memories, these codes came to life within me. And it was as if I had lived the lives of these goddesses. Um, and I was like, yeah, maybe I was her. Maybe I was her. Like it, it, there was such a familiarity. Um, so that it became very clear that I am of that lineage of the divine feminine that is the, the Isis lineage that then came into Mary Magdalene. And from there it became the lineage of the rose they um so it's slightly changed but it, it always is about holding the codes of the divine feminine and then yeah. when i went to egypt um and saw the statues and was in the temples and connected to the energy there more more activated more kind of could drop in more awareness could yeah more remembering could happen mm, yeah i i got to go to egypt just last year oh uh 2019 yeah and it's definitely a highly activating place in terms of re remembering past life connections and and you've also i know you've done um some work there as well which yeah that sounded so incredible so i'd love to know more about 
this life force energy that you've mentioned a few times and I know you've you've spoken a bit about it but just to get a really clear understanding around what you mean by this life force energy Mm. yeah so for me when the way it was explained to me and the way it really made sense to me is that our sexual energy is needed to create to birth life it is it is how we initially create babies and then you know it is a creative energy and therefore creative energy is a life force energy and so it is nothing to be shameful of um and it you know sometimes we when we're turned on to life there is a life force that moves through us when we see a woman who's fully activated and radiant and glowing she has a life force that she emanates and it's it's not a sexual energy that is sexualized but it's a sexual energy that is pure and i don't know if you can like i'm struggling to find the words to describe the difference it's not that sexual energy where we're having sex in the bedroom without consciousness it's a it's it's where we are understanding that our sexual energy is part of a natural is part of nature and if we bring consciousness to it we can use it and transmute it into a power that can assist us to show up more as who we are yeah that that definitely makes sense to me I'm also curious around speaking of creating life and, you know, becoming a mother. I, I love asking the mothers that come on my show around that idea of transformation of the mother. Is that something that you experienced when you gave birth to your, your kids? Do you mean seeing the role of mother in a different way or transforming as a, as a, as a woman? transforming as a woman sort of like birthing a new new you in a way is is what my experience of when I you know when I gave birth to my son it was a transformation of the mother in in one area of my life it kind of really activated me spiritually I understood so much more about life by creating this amazing little life and then when I birthed my daughter it awakens this, I don't know if, you know, it could be described as that sexual life force energy that you're describing, but I just became this new confident woman that was just felt more comfortable within that power. And yeah, I just completely transformed again. So did you have that experience? I don't think I had it to the extent that you're describing I had two incredibly empowering births. Um, They were both water births, both at home, um, and both orgasmic in their own way. Like, um, yes, there there was that pain, but there was also an incredible power that then transformed that pain and made it feel pleasurable, which was an incredible experience. Um, Both of my both babies it was quite challenging like they were not sleeping well and so there was more I really had to call in on on the assistance and guidance especially with my second one with my daughter on the the assistance of Isis because I would get so tired and she just wouldn't stop crying 
um, and I had more, breastfeeding was incredibly painful because my nipples were in like they were, it was just like so much they were inflamed and bleeding and I was I was exhausted so I had to if anything I I learned to surrender I learned to call in and bring Isis into my body to nurse and be with my daughter because I had the choice of either becoming the victim with her or checking out completely and not caring. Those were at, at times, those were my two choices. And I was like, I can't, I can't do either of them. So I need to call in assistance and guidance. And so I brought in ISIS to look after my daughter while I was kind of taking a back seat. Um, so surrender, I'd say it's taught me surrender to mm. be becoming a mother more. So it's taught me to, not put myself first, but there was something that I, something else that I now needed to put first. Um, so it was a process of letting go and learning, really learning to embrace that. Mm. I, I had a similar experience with breastfeeding my son, both, both breastfeeding experiences. You think you've done it once, you, you'll be a pro, but the next time around was almost just as hard. <laughs> I've often said that breastfeeding was the most challenging thing I've ever done. Like, yeah, I don't know why that is. That would be another interesting topic to go into around that and the feminine and, you know, that healing within the mother. But, yeah, becoming a mother, so much surrender and, and sacrifice. And I've recently learnt a new definition around that word sacrifice. It doesn't have to be this victimised way of thinking it can be a really empowering loving thing to sacrifice and and yeah I really count my blessings as a mother that I can you know give that give that to my children it's incredible I've found being a mother an incredibly spiritual experience on so many different ways but I'd love to hear a bit more about now this galactic temple that you've created and the galactic embodiment also you've discussed on your youtube channel which of course i'll link everything in the show notes for people to follow your work and and check out these conversations but you've discussed the dimensions as well so if you could share you know what is this galactic temple and galactic embodiment Mm. so in the last couple of years, I've been working very much with different star races and I've been feeling that to create a temple, a galactic temple where we can work with different star races because they all bring different qualities to us um, would be a really powerful way of connecting more deeply to our multidimensional self. So I've created a a membership site where we meet twice a month um, in for 90 minutes to, to share, to work, talk about different topics, work with different star races um, like the Palladians, the Syrians, but also the Arcturians and the Hathors have been there quite prominently. Um, and then whatever's brought in by, by the, by the different people, you know, that, that, that join by the different members um, it's a place where teach or where we, it's a share, it's in a way it's a sharing circle, but I'm also teaching practices and activations to connect to that multidimensional self, which to me means that we are in different places all at the same time. 
which our soul is anyway. We're right now, you are with your soul star family, wherever that is in whichever dimension, uh, whilst we're being here in the third dimension having this conversation. And when we can hold that simultaneous reality in our conscious awareness, it kind of expands and broadens who we are and, and the capacity to hold more energy in our body. So I know I just answered a, a little thing of a question, but I think yeah. I'll pause there for you to, to no. reflect or to ask. So this is a topic that I discovered. I'd heard little bits, you know, about the Pallades, but hadn't quite connected to that. You, you know, when you hear about something and it just kind of brushes over you, it doesn't quite like, I don't know if that, you know, connects to me or whatever. But when I went to Egypt, this was just like completely... Um, blown open and as I mentioned to you before we started recording this is definitely my favorite topic I think I've only had one person so far on the podcast talk about star families so yeah I definitely love to go into more around that and your what you've been sharing because what you've been sharing is again so new on that same topic in terms of the feminine and the masculine but I think I'd love to know or hear more about the dimensions because there's so many different takes on the dimensions and it's something I've really been trying to understand. You know, so many people are talking about moving to 5D, moving to the fifth dimension and understanding that process. So if you could share a bit about, I know that it's a big topic, but if, if there's anything that you could give us an overview around the dimensions and then we could go sort of further into that. Mm. It is a big topic and there are so many frameworks and so many, like so many different frameworks. So some people talk about the 64th dimension and in the, in the frameworks that I've been shown, it, there are, there are 11 dimensions. So the, we're the third dimensional reality where we're, the unity is within each person. And then there is the fourth dimension, which is kind of an in-between dimension. Like the the even ones seem to be the in-between dimensions where um, whatever we're learning in the third dimension is being expressed without body. So we, in this third dimensional reality, we very much attach to our body. We very much have an ego. We're very much feeling ourselves separate to other people. We have emotions that we attach to in the third, in the fourth dimension all of that is still there, but without the without the physical form. So quite often, people can get stuck in the fourth dimension if they are unable after after they're passing over, if they are unable to let go of emotional attachments. This is when we see ghosts that can't leave a house. They're in the fourth dimension. They haven't passed over into their back to their soul family because there's still something that holds them emotionally attached to their life. They might not want to leave a loved one. Maybe they died so suddenly that they're still in shock and their focus is still on earth rather than back into higher dimensions where their soul family is. So if we're looking at it from a Christian perspective, that would be heaven and hell. Like that would be the, the hell that we go into because we're, where we're stuck, where we have to resolve and detach from anything that any karma or anything that we've done in this lifetime that keeps us stuck and then once we've done that we can go into the fifth dimension in the fifth dimension is the the home of the palladians and the syrians um, divine masculine divine feminine star races 
who, and also the Galactic Federation that so many people talk about. There, there, are, there are many more Lyran star races, many more races in the fifth dimension as well. And, then we're, and, and there's very much a, a, like a beehive, like a group consciousness. You know, when the bees, they, they all know what's going on there. They have a group consciousness and so do the, the beings in the fifth dimension. There's not an individual group awareness. So when one person experiences something, everyone does, yeah. um, which is beautiful. Um, then moving into the sixth and then into the seventh, the seventh dimension, we don't have group consciousness. We have solar system consciousness. So suddenly we have the awareness of everything being one that is in this solar system, all the planets, all the stars. And it's very much a, a system where there's consciousness, but the consciousness is still manifest. There's structure. There's still got structure attached to the consciousness. Um, because they are so they're aware of sacred geometry is very much part of this um, dimension and understanding that everything is created out of out of sacred geometry when we then go into the ninth into the ninth dimension it's like we're leaving the structure behind and we become pure consciousness so suddenly we're everything we're all one and this is the from my understanding, the area of the Hathors and the Arcturians, even though the Arcturians are still very much about sacred geometry, um, which is where it's, it's sometimes I find it really like it, it's only our conscious mind that needs to create these structures, right? In order to understand, we need to put it into a system. But, but yeah, when we get to these higher dimensions where we're pure consciousness, we are formless. Um, I know Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about the void where we're just in this quantum soup of reality where, where we can call in and connect to anything we desire. Um, we, can dis, we can leave our body behind. We can melt into pure potentiality as pure consciousness. And then we can recreate our life and our body from the qualities that we choose and then bring them back down into a physical reality. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, I love that you say that, you know, it's only our conscious mind that needs to create these systems because, yeah, my conscious mind has definitely had a really hard time. I'm like, but what goes in where? And I feel like I need to know this. But ultimately, yeah, it's, I, in those higher dimensions, if they're not, they're not worried about this, are they? <laughs> not really. And, you know, it's nice to have some kind of a framework to live by because it, it helps us to understand our reality and the cosmos. But because there's just so many different ones, um, you just need to see what, what resonates with you and how much, how much do you need. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, I, I'm very intrigued by shadow work and this is kind of the, the work that I do with people within my readings and different offerings that I provide is getting people a bit more comfortable with dealing with that shadow aspect. And, and I've, uh, you mentioned in one of your videos around the fourth dimension and, and you describing it as like a hell. So I'm curious if that's, if that has anything to do with that shadow work, is this that dimension that all that shadow work is resolved before we can move into 5D? Is that how you would just explain it? I think we get stuck in the 4D when there are attachments or there's a potential to get stuck. 
um, when they're, yeah, shadow work attachments to me, that's sort of the same thing. Yeah. Um, cause, cause if we're, if we're not attached to anger or, or sadness or depression or, um, wishing or hoping that we hadn't done something, then, then, then we're not holding onto anything. Then we're free to just be and go to wherever we need to go. But I do, yeah, I do feel that many, many teachers speak about that life review that we have after we leave our body that happens in that fourth dimension or oh, that's how that's how i'm putting them together mm. uh, and and yes it is where we where we let that go unless we've already done it in 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 the physical human body and yeah i too love shadow work i feel it, it and it fits in with tantra very well because tantra is embracing everything it embraces the dark, light and the dark and um it sees that everything has a purpose everything has a purpose um, and so when we can understand the highest perspective of why our soul and its infinite wisdom would have created certain traumatic events into our lives then it becomes easier to let them go and to transform them and to create a new timeline mm. yeah. and again so this is the work that i sometimes help my clients with to understanding well why did i choose to create this horrific breakup or why did I choose to create being raped or why did I choose to be in an abusive upbringing, you know, and then understanding what is the higher, what is comically, what, what might be there and what is the highest purpose of that? So we can release it, transmute it and move, seize the wisdom that comes from it, transform the pain into wisdom and then move forward in, in a more aware and soul aligned way. Exactly. And I, I feel like the more people detach from that, because it's obviously not a comfortable, easy process is going through all of that and all those past hurts and traumas. But the more, the longer it takes to go through it, that's longer you're going to carry it with you. So it's yeah, just better just to get it all done and just to deal with it as it comes up, I feel. Absolutely, because otherwise we just recreate it over and over and over again. And yes. I'm sure everybody's had relationships where, where they thought, I thought I dealt with that and boom, that shows up in the next relationship again. Mm, yeah, <laughs> not learning the lesson. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also that was a very interesting perspective of the void because um, – someone else who I've had on the podcast, she describes the void as, you know, probably similar, but um, almost like that shadow aspect of the void itself. Um, you know, the way that you've described the void is, is so beautiful. And yeah, I'd love to, to feel into that more and, and, and learn more about that from you, maybe um, checking out more of your work. But I really love that because I, I feel comfortable in the void. You know, the void is a place that I, I go into and it's, you know, it comes up through through different moments in life. And for some people when they're in the void, it's scary and they're like, what do I do? I feel so lost. Whereas when I'm in that void space, it's been a little while since I've been in there now, but when I have been in there, I'm like, this is exciting. Like this, I can create anything from here. Like I've, I'm in a whole lot of nothingness, but it, I find it so exciting. So I, really I, I love how you describe that because yeah, for me, the void is pure potentiality. Mm. And depending on how we go into it, both are true, right? It can be very scary. If we, if we need a lot of structures and a lot of control, 
and we have still a lot of things that we carry, then being in this nothingness is scary. Yeah. Because there's nothing to hold on to. Whereas when we're coming from that place of, okay, what, what can I create? This is pure potentiality. What, can I, what do I choose to bring into my reality from this place? Yeah, then it's very exciting. Mm, just reframing it. It's the exact same space and it's just, yeah, how you, yeah. How you frame it. And, and so many people are afraid of the dark yeah. because we've associated darkness with being evil. Mm. But a torch um, is dark and then the light shines out of the darkness. But it's, it's the lamp or the torch is, is the darkness. And, and it's just what, what we're choosing to bring out of it that then creates the light. So the darkness really is that birthing place. Our wombs are dark. You know, babies are grown in the darkness of the womb, not in the light. Yes, exactly. And I've talked about that a few times on the podcast. Different, I've got a whole episode on the, the rise of the feminine and sharing all of those downloads that I've received. But I, I believe that that's part of that um, patriarchal um, oppression that we've experienced as the feminine because the feminine is the dark. The feminine is the, the negative energy so yeah, we're, it's all about, yeah, again, reframing that it's not scary. The dark is not evil. It's a very sacred, beautiful space that it's important to go through. Yeah, absolutely. So before we head off, I've got a couple more questions for you, but I'd love to hear more about your work. Um, the, the galactic embodiment that you're doing this. Yeah. If you could explain more about your membership and what you're offering. Yeah, so for currently I'm really excited about bringing more people into this galactic temple because it, it's really about everything that we've just spoken about. It's about bringing, feeling safe to be in our bodies by using tantric practices to increase our life force energy so that we can become more radiant and feeling safe in our body. And it also is about connecting to our higher self connecting to our star family coming into we've created this temple in the palladian star system so we gather like we i take we, we're going on a journey um in meditation to to go into this temple and then we we have we we share often themes arise from the sharing of the group that we then spontaneously call in different star races to assist us, to give us activation so we can release and or deepen into whatever that theme is. Um, so it's, it's a very, it's very much co-created by everyone who's, who's coming to it. We always do a check-in. So it's very beautiful to kind of really, it's a me space where you can, where you can be held. Um, you know, many people looking after so many children or work or, or whole clients and this is the space where everybody can come back into alignment with themselves because if we're not in alignment with ourselves we don't attract soul aligned clients we are we're not aligned with our children um, and so the, it's just that really beautiful oasis a temple to come home to yourself in Mm, that's beautiful and I, I smiled when you said oasis because I've just recently acquired a, a healing space locally so for anyone who wants to receive uh, quantum healing sessions 
I've decided to call that space the oasis. So I love it when it pops up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, I also do one on one sessions with clients to become more soul aligned, to release any fears that are there. At the moment, I'm attracting a lot of clients who are dealing with not speaking their truth, feeling not worthy to be all of who they are wanting to really realize the visions that they have, like the whispers of their soul are telling them you can be so much more, but there's so much doubt and fear that they think, am I really able to do this? Um, that, that we're clearing, we're clearing away all of that by, you know, using, using tools of working with the ancestors, working with you know, the inner child, um, sometimes past life regression, sometimes journeys into the universe to connect and align with, with soul and star family. Um, so each session is very unique and it's just really, really deep and powerful work that, that bypasses the conscious mind and really accesses that deep inner knowing, accesses the unconscious, that place from which we can shift timelines and create new realities for ourselves. Mm, it sounds incredible. And as I mentioned, I will link your website and YouTube channel and everything in the show notes. So if anyone's interested in doing more work with you, which which I highly recommend the the small amount of work that I've done with you within your tantric workshop, but like I've received so much from that. So I can just imagine what people are receiving in that membership space and, and that one-on-one work that you do with people. It's yeah. Incredible. I would love to know though, what is your, what is your favorite sort of spiritual practice? What is something that you might do every day or, or something that you just always come back to that you find is really helpful? Mm. Yeah, so one thing I do every day in the morning is to connect and ground into the earth. So I'm through my feet, I'm sending my energy to the, to the, to the heart of the earth and just really then feel, breathe, like using breath and breathing that back into my body, allowing myself to be filled with that because our body is of the earth and I feel like the earth can give us so much nourishment and, and safety and security. It is you know, we, we need to manifest physically in this reality. So unless we're grounded in our body and connected to the earth, that makes it incredibly challenging to, to manifest anything and then connect it. Like once that is in place, I then connect to my higher self and my the cosmos by breathing that connection in and letting them meet in the heart. Um, and then expanding that out so that my, I'm, 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 I'm t- filling up with my own energy, with my own soul energy every morning and then radiating that out into the world. And often, often I do other meditations, connecting with other things like visualizing what I choose to create and then sending that my energy and my love. Um, other times I'll, I work, I'm working a lot with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work at the moment and um, changing the habit of being yourself and really creating an even more aligned way. So his work I find highly, very incredible. And I've Mm. seen huge transformations by doing that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that, that, that connecting to above and below to being fully connected and fully aligned to my soul is really what I do every day. Yes. I, I always emphasize that the, it's so important to ground, especially when you're working with those higher energies I even, you know, sort of teach this in my course. It's a whole week of like really, you know, really 
honing in on that grounding practice every single day. So, so important. So you've mentioned Joe Dispenza, but I'd love to know, is there anything else that has helped you on your healing journey on, on this spiritual path that you've gone into anything? So it could be, it could be a healing. It could be um, a book, a quote, absolutely anything that you would love to share with others. Yeah, I think the thing that I keep coming back to is that everything happens for a reason. So no matter how, what, how, how hard or challenging something is, um, I'm coming back to that place and the faster I can let go of the attachment to what's going on and the, the drama of it and step into, okay, so what is the reason here? What's the highest intention? Why is this happening? Um, the, the faster I can, I can come back into my own center and this is not to say that I'm not experiencing and feeling what's going on. Like it's important to feel the emotions that are present and honor the emotions that come up in re reaction or relation to anything that happens to us. But then also in that knowing nothing that I can't handle is going to happen to me. So if it's happening, I, it is there for my growth, for my evolution, for it's an initiation. So I see every challenge as an initiation to assist me to, to come into greater levels of my own power. And that's helped me through a lot of challenging times. Mm, yes. And as, you know, someone who I've, I've lived most of my life playing that victim archetypal role. So that is so powerful when you, when you realize that you're the creator of your reality and that there is purpose to everything, every, yeah, everything happens for a reason. And it's, it's so empowering rather than going into this victimization. Why me? Why is this happening? It's like, okay, it's happening. That's that it's happening. Let's just, yeah. And the, know, only way, the only way, um, to get to the other side is to go through it. Yes. Where the initiation is. And so often we want to want to go around it. You know, there's that bear, the, you know, the bear hunt? Yes. Shall we go under it? Shall we go over it, under it, around it? No, we have to go through it. Yeah. And it's such a perfect metaphor for life. We have to go through it. Otherwise we will avoid and we will not get the initiation and the wisdom that we've wanted to get from that experience from a soul perspective. Yes, exactly. You can't, you can't bypass it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, come back again in another way at a mm. later stage. Yes. Now, what is the best way for people to connect with you? So if they've loved what they've heard today and they want to follow you on your journey or work with you in the membership or in any other of your offerings, what is the best way that they can connect with you? Um, there's so many ways, but I think the best way is to go onto the website, crystalhill.com, and there you can you can send me a message through there, or you can also like we can also put include my email address because yep. that's always a is a good way. As I mentioned earlier, there's a masterclass, a free masterclass on my website um, that goes more deeply into the different um, pillars of my work, and then has a beautiful 20 minute guided journey to really embody that you know feel that life force embodied life force and connect to the higher self so i highly recommend checking that out as well mm, beautiful well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i really really appreciate it and this this has just been so valuable and i know that 
the listeners are going to absolutely love it. And of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. Um, so please let either myself or Crystal know if you got anything particular out of this episode. Yeah, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. But thank you again, Crystal, for coming on today, taking it, taking out this time and energy to share your amazing wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me and for creating such a powerful podcast. Thank you. Oh my goddess, what a special episode. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. I know that I learned so much from Crystal in that one conversation. So I can just imagine how incredibly valuable her membership is So if you're interested, definitely check out the show notes, check out Crystal's work. She is a wealth of knowledge and just has such a beautiful essence and energy of her. I'm so, so honored to have had Crystal on on the podcast and I would love to hear if you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Remember to follow this podcast if you haven't already. We release episodes every Friday. And remember, even if your wings have been clipped off, they can always regrow.